baseball and whatever with your host justin mcawee because i was on campus and i had to appear like i was one of the cool kids i would put the star wars book inside one of my textbooks so it looked like i was just studying for class all right look there's only one return okay and it ain't of the king it's of the jedi vincent francis jake with support i'm a glorified fact checker last i checked the most runs in the game wins Actually, I am not a fact checker. And good probst. If you look at most Bond fans movie rankings, they have Casino Royale and Majesties in their top two. For me, these actually rank in the bottom part of my list. I mean, I love them, but they don't compare to Diamond Club Forever. No, stop getting Bond wrong! Hello, everybody. Episode 70 of Baseball and Whatever. I'm back uh, solo again this week, so I hope uh, you enjoyed my little thing last week. Vinny is still dealing with some work stuff. I believe I believe he said it's like end of the quarter financial business stuff. I don't know. That is not my field. So he is out for this week, and Greg has still got a lot going on, got a baby on the way. So he's taking some more time off. So hopefully next week we'll have a another guest co-host, I'm thinking. Uh, we'll see how the week goes. But this week, um, probably a little bit of a shorter show because it's just me. And I'll be honest, doing this by yourself, kind of difficult. So we're going to talk a little bit of Bears. We'll talk a little bit of Bears football. We'll talk a little bit about the Packers, the game that went on. Uh, maybe we'll make a little prediction for the Bears and Texans game coming up. We got to do a deep dive on the White Sox because I'll be honest, uh, I, I don't know what you do. Um, I feel like that sound you're hearing is maybe the window shutting for the White Sox because I don't know what this team is doing and where they're going to go. So we'll dive into that. I also want to take a look at the 2023 roster, see how much salary they got on the books. We'll talk about that. And uh, we'll probably get to a little Brett Favre talk, like I said, because uh, still kind of a douche. And uh, some more stories broke overnight last night that we'll get to. So we'll talk all about that. That'll probably be our whatever topic for this week is just talking about the Bears and making some predictions because uh, it's kind of hard to do whatever when you're by yourself. So bear with us. We will hopefully be up to full strength again in the near future. Um, And stay tuned for some cool guest hosts in the near future as well. So... Let's dive in, shall we? Uh, if this is your first time listening to Baseball Whatever, thank you very much. We appreciate it. You can find us in a variety of ways. We are at youtube.com slash baseball whatever. Usually we do the shows live when it's all three of us, but when it's just one of us, we typically do them recorded. Uh, you can text us at 1-913-808-3278. That number again is 1-913-808-FART. You can tweet us at Baseball on What. We are quickly approaching 1,000 followers on Twitter, which for us is a pretty big deal. So thank you to everyone who follows the show. Um, And you can find us on a variety of podcast apps, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Spreaker, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Overcast, Podcast Addict, you name it. Search for Baseball on Whatever. We are there. All 70 episodes and all the other side stuff we've done on the side is all there for your audio pleasure. And lastly, you can write into the show at baseballwhatever at gmail.com. So a special thanks to Belly Up Sports. They're the ones that keep the lights on, keep this thing going, keep us using StreamYard. So we appreciate that. And uh, we'll get into our other sponsor a little bit later like we normally do. So episode 70. I'll be honest, it feels wrong to do our our uh, numbers with athletes in Chicago. And plus, I'll be honest, I don't know any 70 athletes. Um, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure Greg and Vinny are yelling at me right now through their 
their headphones or car speakers if they're listening there's probably some relief picture from the white Sox from like 15 years ago that one of them remembers but uh we'll recoup that segment when they get back um no text or voicemails this week we do actually have a voice a voicemail that Vinny left in uh that we will get to when we get to the bears talk a little bit later uh and no youtube comments this week pretty light week obviously it was a lighter show uh special thanks to shaggy von doom we had him on as our guest co-host last week in the whatever segment we ranked our top five hockey jerseys of all time i'll be honest i had a 90s vancouver canucks jersey in my cart from the nhl shop it was down on sale for 90 bucks, and then I tried to talk myself out of it, and I did. So that is $90 I saved. Um, we'll see. There's still a few more hours till that sale goes out. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, again, check him out. You can find him at Shaggy Von Doom on Twitter. He is also the host of the Lockdown Sports Avalanche podcast for the Colorado Avalanche, the Stanley Cup-winning Colorado Avalanche, who just signed Nathan McKinnon to a huge deal worth $12.5 million. Totally deserves it. Took a $6 million deal, I believe, last time uh, and absolutely deserves it. He's he's the heart and soul of that team. So good on him. They will be a tough contender this season coming up. Uh, and yeah, let's let's get into the show. Before we get officially into the show, though, we'd like to thank our other partner in The Clutch for joining up with us here on Baseball and Whatever. In The Clutch is an awesome sports apparel company that is known for their MLB, Negro League, and MLS a licensed apparel, along with great shirts to rep your favorite retro hockey, baseball, and football teams. Even better, head to InTheClutch.com right now and at checkout, use promo code BASEBALLANDWHAT, and you will get 10% off your order. So once again... Head to InTheClutch.com at checkout. Use promo code BASEBALLANDWHAT and you will get 10% off your order. So thanks again to all the folks over at InTheClutch and InTheClutch.com. All right, we are going to hit the baseball talk. So here we go. Baseball. Welcome back to Major League Baseball. Sort of. Taking a look at Chicago's two favorite teams and other happenings around the MLB. Oh boy. All right. We're going to start with the White Sox because technically they still have the better record despite what they are trying to do. Uh, this week they had the huge, and I can't emphasize this enough, the huge series against the Cleveland Guardians. It was a four-game series. They are in game three right now and they are losing game three uh, and they also lost game one and two. But the goal was win game one uh, and try and maintain some sense of hope uh, that maybe, just maybe, you could catch them because you're not going to catch the wild card. And unfortunately, to say it in uh, some pretty demeaning terms, they kind of shit the bed on Monday, I believe it was Monday. Monday or Tuesday night, tie game going in. Uh, they played 11 innings. Sox took a lead. I think it was a two-run lead at the end there in the 10th inning. And then everything kind of fell apart. I believe they ended up losing by five or six runs. Um, really hard to see. Really hard to see. Uh, uh, you know, Dylan Cease pitched a great game, made it through six innings. I think he was at like 100 pitches or so. Um, you know, when the game was on the line, they brought in Jake Diekman, uh, the lone acquisition at the trade deadline, uh, Diekman, relief pitcher from Boston, I want to say. I'm sure Greg can write in and correct me on that one. Um, and he did not have it. He was giving up hit after hit, run after run. It was just a mess. So uh, you can kind of close the book on the White Sox season. They are not officially eliminated yet from contention, but uh, I believe some uh, some of the sports radio hosts in Chicago pretty much did the math, and they would have to go undefeated the last 13, 14 games and then hope that both Cleveland and I believe Tampa Bay would lose everything uh, the rest of the way. And let's be honest, that is not going to happen. 
So, White Sox fans, I am sorry. Uh, this season has been a huge, huge disappointment for the White Sox. I, I can't even imagine uh, what the White Sox fans are going through. John Heyman also had a report this week that Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn will be returning next season, and Tony may be reassigned to another position. Your guess is as good as mine in terms of what position that is. I'll be honest, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, Unless he still has the health issues with his pacemaker recently, I think you're going to see him in the dugout. Now, if the health issues are still there, then yeah, I could see Jerry Reinsdorf giving him some cush gig up in the front office. I don't know. Um, head of transportation, maybe, for him. Oh, that would be a bad idea. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what we would give him. Head of being a, a uh, what did he say, Hall of Famer baseball person, something like that. They'll make up some bullshit position for him, and he'll be happy there. Uh, but then that gets into who do you hire if for a manager if you bring him uh, up to the front office, you bring him upstairs. Miguel Cairo looked good for those first 10 games or so. But, you know, if I, as a Cubs fan, Mike Quaddy looks great at the end of the season, too. And then look what a disaster that was to have Mike Quaddy as a manager. So I'd be a little hesitant. Um, you know, I would I would want to maybe do, do a little bit more research on, on uh, Cairo if you are so inclined. Really, I don't I don't know who else you go. Joe Girard, Joe Girardi is out still. Um, he's been doing actually broadcast work for Marquee with the Cubs. I don't know. He's, you know, he kind of runs his course as he did with the Yankees, as he did with the Marlins and the Phillies. That did not go anywhere, unfortunately for him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what you do. I really don't know what you do. It's, it's rough. You know, with the fact that Rick Hahn's not going anywhere, do you really, do you blame Rick Hahn when his hands were tied by Jerry Reinsdorf after the Tony signing? But then, you know, they, they he did absolutely nothing at the deadline. They were happy with the team they had. And all we kept hearing after every season, um, pivotal season moment was, oh, don't worry about it. You don't know what you're talking about. We're going to get hot. Or, you know, after every big moment where they needed a win, don't worry, we're going to get hot. You know, they, they got swept by the Diamondbacks earlier in the season. Oh, don't worry, we'll be fine. You know, Baltimore came in in the summer and knocked their pants off. And that was when Baltimore kind of had that upward trajectory. Don't worry, it's going to be fine. Uh, you know, the Oakland A's came in a couple weeks back and just kicked the crap out of them. And it's the Oakland A's. Like, I like the Oakland A's, but they are garbage. And they had the White Sox number. So, you know, and then there was this, this idea that they were resting players. You know, we had so many issues with the, they couldn't find their legs. But, you know, don't worry, we're going to rest them so that they are good to go at the end of the season. Well, you didn't win the games in the middle of the season to get you to the end of the season. And now you don't have an end of the season. So... Man, I just, I can't imagine. I, my heart goes out to Greg. I know he's a diehard White Sox fan. I don't know how he's doing. I haven't had a chance to talk to him lately. But, oh boy, man, that's rough. That is rough. I I don't know. I really don't know. One thing I do want to do, though, is I pulled up the, let's see, where did I put it? I pulled up the um, White Sox uh, 2023 salary so we can kind of get a look at who is going to be here next season and who could we possibly move if we're playing White Sox GM so here we go sorry there had to take a drink all right Elvis Andrus has been an amazing pickup for them Um, he's at the end of his contract he has a vesting option for 2023 so it's 15 million so the White Sox would have to pick that up is my understanding Uh, so yeah so if they do that um which I feel like they should. He's been he's been a phenomenal pickup for for them. That is something that Rick Hahn did well. Um, the problem is that they had to be put in a position to kind of find him off the scrap heap. So 
there you go. There's one. I don't think Elvis Andrus is going anywhere. So do you put him at second? You're not going to put him at short because you have T.A. there. T.A. is coming back, I'm assuming. I don't see why he wouldn't. Uh, oh, boy. Yasmani Grandal has one more year on his contract at 18 and a quarter million. He has been an absolute disaster this last season. Can't hit on base percentages and isn't there anymore. A couple seasons ago, he had a really high on base OBP. Doesn't have it anymore. Can't really catch very well. I, You're stuck with him. I, I don't know anyone that's going to take an $18 million catcher that can't really play catcher anymore. Uh, both him and Elvis Andrus are 33 at this point. So it, it pains me to say they're getting old because I'm older than them. But uh, they're not getting any younger. So that's something they might want to think about. Here's another one. This is one on, on Wednesday night's game. Boy, he looked horrible. He, I don't want to say he wasn't trying, but man, was it rough. Yuan Moncada, uh, he is currently making 13, $13.8 million. Next year, he gets a raise of $17.8, followed by a $24.8 million uh, contract in 2024. I'll be honest, if I'm a White Sox fan, I've had my fill of Yuan Moncada. I, you know, between injuries and just not really bringing it the last couple seasons, I don't think he's what they thought they were getting from the Red Sox. Maybe that's why the Red Sox were willing to give him up. Uh, when the time came, but I, oh boy, I, so then you got to try and find a third baseman. Will you find a third baseman? I would assume so, but is Jerry Reinsdorf going to be willing to pay money if you still have Mankata on the books? I, I don't know. Uh, AJ Pollock has a vesting uh, as a player option. Uh, we'll see if he takes that. It's worth 5 million. It's, uh, quite a, quite a salary drop he's making 13 million there another pickup in the beginning of the season when I believe it was Eloy or Luis Robert went down if I'm not mistaken I could be wrong on that we're talking very early like first week of the season um and really like I like him as a player when he was a Dodger but he did not have the best year this year I don't know I, I, I think you might let him walk Liam Hendricks is I think he's sticking around he's the next one on this list he's he's been doing fine 15 million for a closer Jose Abreu is another one. He's making almost $20 million this year. He's going to be 36 next season. Power numbers are way down. His hitting average, though, was way up. I think he was in the top five in the league or top five in the AL this season for his uh, batting average. What do you do? You have a bunch of guys in the outfield right now that can't play the outfield. You could move them to first, but Jose Abreu is there. Do you move him to DH? Does he want a DH? But you also have a lot of guys in the outfield that DH too. So you don't you have too many DHs in outfield. Too, let me try that again. You have too many DHs and too many first basemen and not enough places for him. I know that's Greg's favorite player. He is the heart and soul of the White Sox. He is their clubhouse leader from what everything I've read and heard. But is it time to move on from him? I don't know. White Sox fans, let, let us know what you think. Luis Robert signed that mega deal a while back. He's not going anywhere for quite some time. Eloy Jimenez, again, he signed through 2026. He's not going anywhere. Lance Lynn has another $18.5 million. You know, he's had an up-and-down season. Do you, I'm assuming he sticks around to stay in part of that bullpen. Tim Anderson uh, has a team option in 2023 and 2024. I'm assuming those will get picked up fairly easily. I don't think that's going to change anything. Joe Kelly is another one that Rick Hahn pointed to in the beginning of the season and said, hey, look who I got. I got this great reliever for us. He's going to pitch an amazing job this season. And he was hurt. He didn't even come back for the first quarter of the season. Then when he did come back, he was still hurt, and he was on and off the injured list for a while. Never found his groove that he had in uh, L.A. 
And now you have him for another year at, uh, let's see, $9 million. So do you try and move him? His value is at an all-time low. You're not going to get anything for him. Uh, everyday Liori, Liori Garcia, Tony's favorite guy that really shouldn't be playing that much as much as he was with uh, TLR in, as the maker of the lineup. He's got another $5.5 million for two more years. Oh, boy. Lucas Giolito is going to go to arbitration this season, and then he's a free agent, so he's another one. You know, you thought you had your ace of your starting rotation, and he had a really rocky season. Can he get back? Can he work with Ethan Katz and get back to where he was? I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Adam Engel, he's got arbitration this season coming up, and then he's a free agent. Johnny Cueto's a free agent. Johnny Cueto's a guy, he is a diamond in the rough. He saved this season in May. Without him, I don't think the White Sox get anywhere near as close as they were uh, at this point. So that's it for your big contracts. The rest of these guys are still going to be having arbitration-eligible years like Dylan Cease, uh, Sebi Zavala, Gavin Sheets. Those guys are still going to all be um, arbitration-eligible, so they're not going anywhere. Michael Kopech is another guy that, do you move him to the bullpen? Do you give up on the starting thing and just say forget it? I'm, I'm very curious because, you know, he... <laughs> They thought he was going to pitch 200 innings, and we, I think everyone knew there was no way that was going to happen, and they ended up shutting him down early. I don't know. I really, I really don't know. So, White Sox fans, I feel for you. I'm sorry that this season was so shitty for you, but uh, we'll see what happens next season. I don't know. Uh, let's transition real quick to the Cubs. Not a lot to say about the Cubs. Um I'll be honest, Vinny posted in our show notes, is this season over with? These games are so meaningless, just bring on the offseason. And I kind of feel like I'm kind of there now, now that the Cubs have kind of regressed back to the mean. They had that little hot streak for a couple weeks there where they were looking like some some good potential, which they still do have potential for next season. I'm I'm actually cautiously optimistic for next season. Um, But these last few games, I turned on the Pirates game today and I was like, why am I watching this? These two these two teams are really not playing. F- they are playing for nothing, uh, realistically. Uh, Miguel Amaya, another catching prospect that we've heard so much about. He was kind of be the, the heir apparent to Wilson Contreras. He's having ankle surgery now, so I feel like his chance in the sunlight or the uh, spotlight, I should say, it's kind of dwindling with every injury. He's had a very rocky season, so is he somebody you can count on to be the next big catcher for the Cubs? I'm going to say no. Um, the one bright spot for the Cubs this week, actually tonight, Hayden Wes- Wesneski. I know Vinny's going to correct me if I say that wrong. Hayden Wesneski, if you remember, he was a part of the recent Yankees trade that they got him for. Uh, he had an immaculate inning, three strikeouts on nine pitches and three outs on nine pitches, which... If I'm not mistaken, the last time that happened was on September 11th of 2004 for the Cubs, and I believe, I believe that was with Latroy Hawkins, but I could be wrong on the picture. But I do know it was September 11th of 2004. I was a senior in high school, so it's been quite a while for the Cubs in immaculate innings. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, that's all I got for the Cubs. There's, there's not much else to say. You know, they're they're just kind of playing the games out, and we'll see We'll see what happens. I know David Ross was quoted as saying that he's excited for next season if some money is spent and they make the right signings, which, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, David, but it has to happen, and uh, I want to see Tom Ricketts follow through on that because if he doesn't, we might have some problems uh, from the fan base. I think they're going to be very unhappy with him in that regard. So 
That does it for your Cubs. If we jump over to the MLB, the only thing I really have to say, we know the Aaron Judge home run chase is still going on. So is the um, Albert Pujols chase for 700. They are still going on uh, in terms of Aaron Judge. I believe he is at 60. There was a huge stampede trying to get his 60th ball. Um, People were saying it was valued at I want to say half a million, which for a 60th home run, that seems insane. It's not even the record breaker. I don't know why it would be that much, but um, I guess the guy that caught it ended up trading it for, I think, a signed picture, and he got to meet Aaron Judge, which maybe I'm being very, what's the word I'm looking here? Maybe I'm being very cynical, but if I caught that ball, I'm holding on for some money, especially that ball. Any other ball? First home run hit by somebody out that yeah give it yeah what do I need this for but that's life changing money half a million you know you're you're not gonna be able to quit your job but you're gonna be able to enjoy life a little bit better so damn kid man whoever woman whoever caught that ball I would have held out for a little more but that is just me let's get to some MLB standings uh, for those of you that are curious because I know I am uh let's let's start with the american league real quick here as this loads up for me all right the yankees are in first they've kind of righted the ship a little bit they're on a three-game winning streak the blue jays are seven games back and the tampa bay rays are eight followed by the orioles that are 12 and a half back so those last three teams i mentioned are going to be fighting for the wild card the yankees pretty much have the division locked up Look at the AL Central. We talked about the White Sox falling apart. Minnesota has completely fallen off the rails. They were in first place for, gosh, what feels like the entire season. And then Cleveland really caught fire. Um, And, well, you know, the rest is history at that point. But, uh, yeah, um, Cleveland is in the lead. The White Sox are now six and a half back, so you can close the door on them. Their elimination number is eight, but realistically, come on. Uh, and Minnesota is nine and a half games back. The other two teams, Kansas City and Detroit, has been eliminated. Kansas actually just fired their long-term, long-time GM, sorry. Um, so we'll see. They they had kept him around since the World Series win. And if you know anything about Kansas City and the Royals organization, they have been garbage ever since. So we'll see if anything changes there. But really, it's still just Cleveland's show, and they're having a lot of fun right now. They are stopping the White Sox and the Twins and, and taking names. AL West, the only team, well, the only team that's left standing in the AL West, the Houston Astros, they have clinched the division with 99 wins, and this is crazy. They have a 209 run differential, so they have earned or uh, batted around 209 more runs than their opposition, which uh, is crazy, and actually, that is the highest in the league besides the Yankees, which is at 222, and the Dodgers, which is at 325, both incredibly high. Um, If we switch over to the NL... The NL East, we have the Mets and the Braves, which have both clinched uh, playoff spots, but the Mets are currently in first by a game. Philly is uh, 12 and a half back. Their elimination number is one, but you will see them when we get to the wildcard standings in a second. And then lastly, we have the St. Louis Cardinals. Ugh, it pains me to say this. They are the leaders of the NL Central, followed by the Milwaukee Brewers, which are seven and a half back. The rest of the NL Central has been eliminated. And lastly, the Dodgers are your NL West champs with 103 wins and a 325 run differential. Uh, and everyone else has been eliminated from contention in terms of the division. Let's jump over to the wild card now. All right, for your AL wild card, the top three teams that are uh, in in that position right now are the Toronto Blue Jays, the Tampa Bay Rays, and my like dark horse team, the Seattle Mariners. I'm so happy for them and Scott Service and the guys there. Baltimore is four back, so I suppose there's still a chance 
I would love to see Baltimore sneak in as well. Another another favorite of mine when I was a kid with Cal Ripken and Brady Anderson and gosh, who else was on that team? Raphael Palmero, but he kind of turned out to be a, a, a dick uh, lying to Congress about taking steroids. Uh, the White Sox are six back, but I think most of Chicago has resigned to the fate that they are going to be eliminated very shortly. So there's your AL wildcard and then your NL wildcard. The Braves have technically already clinched a wildcard spot. Uh, whether or not they take the division from the Mets, we'll see. San Diego is in that second wild card spot, and the Phillies are in the third spot. However, uh, I'll be honest, I wrote the Brewers off for dead. They are only two games back at this point. So Brewers fans, hang on to your hats. Uh, they are on a two-game winning streak. So there are your MLB standings for right now. And I'll be honest, that's all I got for baseball. The baseball talk is winding down. When the guys get back, I'm sure maybe we'll do a little playoff prediction show. But uh, Cubs and White Sox, their seasons are really, well, Cubs season is really over. White Sox season is all but over. The fat lady is warming up if she has not started belting out her tune. But uh, that closes the book on our baseball talk for today. Oh, boy, we are going to get to the sideshow, freak show, I don't even, clown show that is the Chicago Bears right now. Let's get to it, shall we? All right, let me find the drop for that. StreamYard is being a little finicky with their stuff. Here we go. Manures of the Midway. <laughs> where the guys talk the pile of horse crap that is the Chicago Bears. I mean, when you consider the other choices, manure is actually pretty refreshing. <laughs> All right. Thank you, George Costanza. All right. Okay. Where do we want to begin with the Bears? Holy cow. Um. All right. Well, let's recap the Bears and Packers game, which was a complete shit show. Uh, but yeah, let's 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 look at the box scores first. If we look at the Bears passing, Justin Fields was seven of eleven with seventy passing yards and one interception, zero touchdowns. David Montgomery, fifteen carries for one hundred and twenty-two yards and an eight point one average per carry. That was incredible. He, excuse me, the running game was really cooking. Even Khalil Herbert, four uh, four attempts for 38 yards, nine and a half carry, uh, nine and a half yards per carry, uh, which is really really good. So that running game was going, but well, I'd say that they relied on it because Justin Fields didn't pass too much, but they just couldn't get anything going in terms of receiving. Pretty lackluster. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown, two receptions for 39 yards, and that is pretty much your biggest receiver at 39 yards and two receptions. Uh, the other thing that Roquan Smith, five tackles, um, he is currently not looking like he might play this week. He's day to day, I believe with the hip. Um, and yeah, you know, for holding out or holding in, he, he played okay. That first game, the second game though, didn't look too good. So we'll see in this hip, if there's a potential hip injury that could hurt him down the road as well. Uh, in terms of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> most hated man in, in Chicago, I'd imagine. 19 for 25, 234 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones ran for 132 yards, almost nine yards per carry after 15 carries. And then we had A.J. Dillon, 18 carries, uh, 61 yards. Uh, Sammy Watkins, three receptions for 93 yards. He was your biggest receiver. And that about does it in that regard. I also didn't know Bears fans. I did not know Pat O'Donnell went to the Packers. I was still surprised that they cut him or released him, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So that is your Bears box score. Just not a good game. And I don't know if it was play calling on Luke Getze's part for the Bears, but 
just just a lot of, you know, I think they're trying to protect Justin Fields, but you're not letting him throw that often. The, the first game you can throw out because it was an absolute monsoon and, and nothing was going to work very well in that game. I think they got lucky in beating the 49ers. But this game, um, weather wasn't that bad, and they did not want him throwing. And now, granted, the running game was working, but at some point it stopped because they ended up losing 27-10. to 10. Um, Just a bad look. Just a real bad look. So... We have the Bears and Texans uh, game coming up. Lovey Smith is back in Chicago. In Chicago. Uh, and I'll be honest, I don't know what to make of this game. Um, it's going to be interesting. If we talk about some uh, Chicago writers and Chicago uh, radio personalities in the Chicago Sun-Times, Rick Morrissey, longtime writer, has the Bears winning 17-16. Rick Talender, another longtime writer, 2016. Lawrence Holmes, a uh, longtime radio personality in Chicago, has them winning 17-16. Jason Leisure has them 26-10. Mark Potash, 2010. So everybody seems to be picking the Bears in Chicago. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be very telling. The weather should be fine uh, this week in Soldier Field. The Texans aren't that great. Lovey Smith, we'll see if this nether go-round in the NFL is going to work out for him. He did not do well at University of Illinois as an Illini coach. Uh, and then I believe it was uh, D.C. of the Texans and then got that coaching gig kind of randomly, kind of oddly, in terms of just like they were looking around for a coach and he was just they're like, oh, yeah, you can you can step in. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. In terms of predictions, I don't know. I part of me because I'm a weird Bears fan I just kind of want to see the the Texans win I know that's blasphemy as a Bears fan but man you know I I feel like that first game it was a it was a mess with the weather against the 49ers and even I bought into the hype I'm like maybe this team's not going to be as bad as everyone thinks maybe maybe this is going to be okay and then the Packers game it was like no no that was a, a kind of a readjustment in terms of nah this this team's not very good so we'll see um I don't know I I really don't know I I'd love to see him win but I I could see them losing and if that's if that happens then watch out Chicago Chicago fans are gonna go nuts uh even though I think we need a reality check of what this team is is this is not their year they are going to be dead last no matter what they do they don't have the personnel now next season after I think they have like a hundred million in cap space next season to spend, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know then then we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know if if they spend and they get some receivers for Justin Fields and they beef up the offensive and defensive lines, maybe we'll have something to cheer about next season. But let's be realistic, Bears fans. This season is they're not going anywhere. There's there's no way. Maybe we'll compete for a third with the Lions in the, in the NFC North. But, I mean, that that's where it's come to. We are competing with the Lions. Because, realistically, we're as bad as the Lions. Our, as a franchise, we're as bad as the Lions. I know everyone's going to say 85 Bears, but that was 37 years ago. I'm 35. I have no. I wasn't born yet. Most fans these days don't, don't give a shit about the 85 Bears, in my opinion, because they weren't alive. We hear about this amazing, illustrious group, but... What have we had since? The 06 Super Bowl, Dustin, Dustin, uh, Dustin, sorry. Devin Hester runs that touchdown back on the initial drive kickoff, and then it was all downhill, and the 03 season was good. 
But I mean, look at look at the people we've had in place. I mean, my the biggest excitement as a Bears fan is Ted Phillips is re, is retiring after this season. The accountant slash wannabe Bears executive that has his hands all over this team but doesn't have any background in football. Ugh, God, this this organization is so frustrating. But anyway, um, there's your Bears and Texans preview. I'm gonna go. Let's go twenty one. 21-13 Texans. Because I feel like... I hope Justin Fields is is ready to go and has an awesome game. I really hope there's something there. I hope he can kind of come back and, and, and prove people wrong. Because the naysayers were already out this week. They were ready to write him off. Which, after half a season last season and two games this week... Or I'm sorry, this season. Not to mention a horribly shitty coach and a horribly shitty offense last season. And not a good one this this season either. I want to give him a little more time, give him the benefit of the doubt, but we'll see what happens. Speaking of Justin Fields, though, uh, Bears fans, we need to talk. Uh, oh, God. All right. So so after the, the Bears game, Justin Fields had was at the press conference at the podium speaking about the loss. And you could tell he was pretty dejected. I mean, he's a younger guy. He's, what, a, two, a year and a half, two years out of college? Uh, he, you know, very short answers, was just really frustrated. And it came out at one point, I can't remember what question was asked of him, but he said, this hurts a lot. It hurts more in the locker room than to the Bears fans because at the end of the day, they're not putting in any work. That quote makes perfect sense to me. Bears fans are sitting at home watching the game and eating food and drinking. What work has have Bear, Bear fans put in? None. Yes, you may have bought a jersey. Yes, you may... Paint your face. Yes, you may watch the game or have, you know, the direct TV package so you can watch them out of town. But you're not putting in any work. You're not on the field. You're not working out and staying in shape and putting your body on the line. So he had every right to say that. Every single right. He says it hurts more in the locker room than to the Bears fans because at the end of the day, they're not putting in the work. We are. And Bears fans out here lost their mind saying, how dare he? We pay his salary. Yeah, so what? He's put. He's doing the actual athletics, not you. You're sitting on your couch watching the game. That's it's it's to the extent of when people say we 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 when they talk about their sports team, and I'm guilty of it too. But you are not a part of the team. They are not going to look twice at you. You are a fan. Remember that. You. It blows my mind. I believe it was David Kaplan. I caught the tail end of part of his show today, and he was talking about, you know, how dare you disrespect the fans? He didn't disrespect the fans. He's right. He's putting in the work. He's the one whose job this is. Is he getting paid millions of dollars to do it? Yeah. But that's because the money's there, and if he doesn't collect that check, someone else will. Should should athletes get paid that much? Probably not. Should the doctors, teachers... You know, firefighters, should those people get paid that much? Yeah, hell yeah. But is that going to happen? No. So, again, it hurts more in the locker room than the Bears fans because at the end of the day, they're not putting in the work. You're damn right. The the locker room should be sad. They're the ones that are sad, bummed out. They're the ones that are putting their bodies on the line. I watched the first half of the game, and then I turned it off. I didn't put my body on the line. I sat down and relaxed on the couch. So he had every right to say that. I thought it was crazy. He had another. He was at the podium again today and kind of had to retract and apologize and say that's not what he meant. And he realizes how valuable the fans are and how much they mean to him and how important they are to the city of Chicago. He should not have had to do that. That's a joke. Absolutely ridiculous. 
come on, Bears fans, lighten up. You have a quarterback who has a chance to be something special. Let's not run him out of town before he gets good. Mitch Trubisky people ran out of town, and before I came down here to do the podcast, he wasn't looking half bad for the Steelers tonight. Jake Cutler's another story. He I can't stand Jake Cutler. But all in all, Bears fans, take a chill pill. We do have a voicemail from Vinny. I'll be playing this real quick. It might be, I believe he has something to say about some of this stuff. Let's see. I think he also called in trying to be funny, trying to be a different caller. So play along, but this is Vinny. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, long-time listener, first-time caller. I just got to say the Bears game was a disappointment. Gosh, they started off great. The first drive looked awesome. Uh, defense played well. The second quarter, everything just went to crap, and it was horrendous. Um, silver lining, they made second-half adjustments again. They only gave up three points on defense. Uh, they ran the ball very effectively, uh, which is awesome to see. I haven't seen that uh, since the days before Matt Nagy. Field looked okay during the game. Uh, some some issues there. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. And um, yeah, he, it seemed like he missed some throws. Seemed a little little erratic back there. Hopefully, the next two games against uh, somewhat uh, lesser opponents, he can look better and more comfortable. Uh, he is, you know, what second game in a brand new offense, and I don't care why people are. Uh, looking to get rid of him and call him a bust right now and say that the front office is already looking for new quarterbacks. Uh, I don't get that at all. Um, And Bears fans, they really, we really don't deserve anything nice if we're going to trash Justin Fields over his comments about, you know, it it meaning more for the players. Isn't that, isn't that what we want the players to care more than us fans because we care a lot and they should care more than us. Um, So it was refreshing for him to say that. And it was, Another disappointment for fans to get their to get their undies in a bunch over those comments. So, Justin, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, love the show. Keep up the good work. Well, Vinny, you should love the show. You're you're one of the three musketeers that make this show go. So, Vinny, thank you for for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I think Vinny nailed it. Everything I just said, I I completely am in agreement with him. It's. I feel like there's certain teams that have this level of fandom that is just there's there's fandom and then there's unhealthy fandom and then there's this whole other like fanatical which is obviously where the term fan comes from. Bear, some Bears fans are there, and it's scary when they make that like their persona or their it's a part of their personality or identity. Um, I love hockey. I love the Blackhawks. I have Blackhawks stuff behind me, but when I meet people, I don't say, "Oh, I'm you know, hi, I'm Justin. I'm a Blackhawks fan." No, I'm a dad, I'm a teacher, where these fans that were calling for Justin Fields' head, like those are the type of people that would, would identify, well, I'm a Bears fan. That's that's my life. That's my hobby. That's what I do, which personally a little unhealthy if you ask me, but who am I? I'm not a psychologist. But yeah, so no, Vinny, Vinny you nailed it. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, if, like Vinny said, we play the Texans. I See, I just said I wouldn't do that. We, the Bears, play the Texans this week, this Sunday, and then they play the New York Giants next Sunday, which not that great as, as well. Uh, but I know they've had a little bit of a better start to the season with Daniel Jones, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we shall see. I I don't know. I You know, like, like Vinny said, Justin Fields, 
the the Bears had that great first drive right to right off the kickoff, and then after that there was nothing. In terms of, of adjustments, I guess they did make some defensive adjustments because they were able to kind of sure up a little bit, tighten up a little bit, and kind of keep the Packers to a field goal, but also at that point where they really trying as hard because they had the game locked up by halftime already. There's also the the Justin Fields, did he cross the plane, break the plane with the ball? Um, oh, we need, we need to talk about that. Luke Getze calls a quarterback sneak or a quarterback draw off the shotgun when you're like half a yard from the goal line. I've never played football besides Madden and NCAA and NFL Blitz. I never played football in real life. Um, but when you're, say, I don't know, a foot from the goal line to score a touchdown, why would you call a shotgun and put yourself back like three yards? Right? Two yards, six feet, seven feet. Why would you do that? I'm not even saying you have to do a quarterback sneak under center, like like an I-formation, old-school you know, Bears football kind of bullshit, but why, why would you, you're, you're like a foot away from the goal line. Why would you push yourself back even further to run? I get it if you're going to pass because you want time. I I don't know. Luke Getze came very highly recommended when he got here from Green Bay. I want to give him more time, but when you're not calling enough pass plays for a guy, for a quarterback that's supposed to be a pretty good passer, you know, you're not showing us much. Is it because you don't have the faith in him already after two games? Is it because he's not your guy? You guys didn't draft him? I don't know. So we shall see this Sunday Bears-Texans, the revenge of Lovey Smith. He looks like Santa Claus now with his white beard, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, You know, I guess I'll be honest. I think that's going to do it for baseball and whatever uh, this week. Baseball and Bears football this week for whatever. Um, thank you guys for listening. I greatly appreciate it. So let me run through a couple things here in terms of if you want to get a hold of us and let us know what are you thinking for the Bears this week. Let's turn that down a little bit. Uh, so yeah, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash baseball, whatever. You can also tweet us at baseball and what you can text us or leave us a voicemail at one nine one three eight zero eight three two seven eight. That number again is one at nine one three eight zero eight fart. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, give us a thumbs up. If you're on Apple Podcasts, we would love another review. I think we have 18, 18 five star reviews, 18, 17 full five star reviews, and somebody gave us a lower one, so they must be mad at us. Maybe they're a Cardinals fan or a Twins fan, and we were bashing them. Anyway, we'd really appreciate it if you did that. Till next time, we'll see. Vinny might be back next week, or we might have a guest host. You'll have to wait and see. So until next time, this is Justin. Take care and have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. <laughs>